Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome everybody to Flicker Effect. I'm Dave Lotz. Joining me is Michelle Hillard. So, Hello everyone. Hello. It is just the two of us tonight. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Um, Bobby and Jack and Yasha, sorry, Bobby and Yasha could not join us. Um, and it's been a quieter week in movie and TV news, and uh, we haven't actually seen anything lately. So we decided why not talk a little bit about a convention that we are very fond of that we will be attending in just over a couple weeks. Just about a couple weeks by the time. It's almost exactly two weeks. <laughs> about exactly two weeks when this uh, episode will probably get posted. Um, we're talking about Dragon Con in Atlanta. Yes. And uh, we thought it would be fun to just have a conversation about Dragon Con because we love Dragon Con. <laughs> and we thought that uh, there might be some out there who are interested in Dragon Con. Maybe you've never attended. Maybe you're attending this year for the first time and you have a lot of questions about what it's gonna be mm -hmm. like. And uh, you, Understandable. Might, you might have some of those questions because uh, upon your own research, you may have quickly figured out this doesn't seem like it's quite like any other you know, the, <laughs> you know, pop culture, comic book, sci-fi convention I've been to before. And you're right, it probably isn't. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna talk Dragon Cup. You up yeah. for that? Yeah. Sounds like a plan. So, you might ask, what is Dragon Con? David, what is Dragon Con? Dragon Con <laughs> takes place in Atlanta, Georgia every Labor Day weekend. I don't think it was always on Labor Day weekend, but it's been Labor Day weekend for quite a while. Like um, since the early 2000s, right? Since maybe earlier. Yeah. Um, Again, I don't I don't remember exactly when, and um, we may get more into this, but if you go to dragoncon.org, the official website, they actually have a very well-written uh, kind of origin story of Dragon Con in the About section. Just go to About and uh, click on About Dragon Con, and uh, they start off with the Dragon Con origin story, and it basically goes through every major kind of milestone as the convention grew over the years since uh, 87. 87 was the first year of the convention. Wow. Um, Man. Yeah, it's been around a little while. It has been around for I should a while. have asked you before I said that, like, did you know, like, how old the convention was and did could you make I a guess? It, I, I feel like I knew that it started in the late 80s, but still, yeah, I like to think about it starting in 87 and continuing to just grow and keep going every single year. 
it's kind of amazing. I'm curious about this one that says the year Dragon Con broke. broke. Is that for 2022? No, 2003. Oh. Again, we're not going to just. I'm not going to. It's a decent story, um, but it was it looks interesting. Yeah, the, okay. that whole that about one. section on the website is like broken it up is. into it looks like eight different kind of milestone kind of sections. Um, it goes into the Dragon Con origin story. Mm-hmm. Talks about cosplay, the 1990s, the 2000s, blah blah blah. Just yep. check it out on your own. It's 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 well written. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, the convention. Uh, I I don't know if it still does. I know if, when I first started going, it seemed to be labeled uh, most specifically as a sci-fi convention, like some conventions you go to. Oh. And I don't think they still kind of go by that no. description, though. I, even in the early years, it seems like the convention was kind of mostly focused on sci-fi and gaming and like rock music, which you still see that evidence sounds, of all that yeah, now. You, do. Like, you yeah. get a lot of bands that show up at DragonCon, yep. um, and uh, sci-fi is definitely a big part of it for sure. It is, um, and yeah, yeah, gaming's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean the gaming floor is huge. It's yeah. gigantic. I mean, I say floor. I mean, whole floor. <laughs> it's, it's quite quite big. Yes. Um, and one thing I actually wanted to say right off the top, which we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, I mean, I think it goes without saying, but just in case, we are not officially affiliated with Dragon Con in any no, way. No, we are, no, we are no, not speaking no, no, no. officially for Dragon Con. No. Uh, with that said, <laughs> we are now both volunteers at Dragon Con. Got my volunteer shirt on. You have your volunteer shirt. I just have a regular Dragon Con shirt on. Um, so we are very familiar with Dragon Con. We're volunteers. We volunteer on the digital media track, and we'll get into tracks a little <laughs> later. But uh, we are not speaking officially for the convention in any way, shape, or form. No, no, um, no, 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 no. This is our our own firsthand experiences and knowledge. David has been going since 2014, 2015. I was trying to figure that out. I've at least been going since I think 2013. And what I couldn't remember is if I went in 2012 or not. I don't think I did. I think 2013 was my first year. My first year was 2016. Okay. So, and that was, that was, so short quick fun story that was the year i went up literally for about 48 hours (laughs) i literally got there like oh gosh when did i get there i got there what friday morning or saturday morning i got there saturday morning like it was the first flight like and then i took the the marta from the airport to basically the marriott downtown atlanta and then I, I had an Airbnb for one night, which is almost impossible to do nowadays. And then I left Sunday evening. I had like a 9 p.m. Sunday night flight because you guys were getting ready for ma- Mechanical Masquerade. That's I literally right. was there for like 36 hours. Yeah. And I was hooked. <laughs> <laughs> And before that, like, so. what conventions had you been to before that? Anything? Uh, Comic Con. Literally already... just a month prior. Okay, so you did go to Comic Con that year. I couldn't remember I the first year you went to Comic Con. I believe I did. Okay. Yeah. So you had been in Comic Con. Yeah. All right. That was really kind of it. That was kind I of mean, it. I've worked in the hotel industry. I know how conventions go. More traditional conventions. 
that are a little more businessy. But I also am not unknowledgeable to, you know, fan conventions. We'll just call them that. So, but anyways, sorry. Anyways, my, again, I think my first year was 2013 and I was supposed to go with a friend. Um, it did not work out. <laughs> he unfortunately had a family emergency that happened like basically right before the convention. And then I found myself in a situation of, oh man, I was really looking forward to this. Do I still go or not? And I decided to go. Super glad I did because same thing. I was hooked after that first year when even though I was basically alone, it worked out that I ended up not being alone. Um, I got there. So I got there and uh, we had just gotten, or I don't remember if we were both going to stay there or what, but anyway, I was staying at like a Red Roof Inn, like down one of the martyr lines, like like outside of downtown. And I was just looking for something cheap, but I wanted it to be near a Marta station so that I could just right. easily jump on a Marta every day and take and the train into downtown where the convention's held. And I would just enjoy my day. And then every night I would take the Marta back. And like my first day, I'd take the Marta down. And very early in the morning, I'm scrolling through social media as I'm killing time, you know, waiting for something. And I find out that a good friend of mine is going to actually be at the convention. And I didn't even know about it. And I reach out to him and it turns out they are staying in one of the host hotels and they need someone else because someone else bailed on them. And hey, am I interested? And I was, I'm looking at this. I think I was in the Marriott at the time looking at this hotel going, wait, I could stay in here. Like I could stay here and it's not going to cost. I mean, you know what they were going to charge me for my cut of the room. I'm like, I could afford this. Sure. I go bail on my room at the Red Roof <laughs> Red Inn grab all my stuff I'm and going to a host move hotel. into their hotel. And that was probably the greatest decision I'd ever made. Yeah. <laughs> because I think it did cost me a little more. So there was a part of me that's like, oh, is this really responsible? Yeah, I probably should just stay where I'm at. But no, it was totally worth it. And we'll get into that as well as to why staying at a hotel, hotel can be yeah. So beneficial. Not to say you need to stay in one, but no, it's not required. It's definitely not required. It's definitely not required. <laughs> I mean, you know, but no, it basically my, my point to all this is that you and I are speaking based on our own uh experiences and the multiple times that we have gone to Comic Con or Dragon Con, sorry. <laughs> We've gone to <laughs> Dragon Con. Don't get them confused. And um yeah, just this is kind of like our what it's about. And when it comes to what it's about, Dragon Con is hard to confine into like one little box, but it's about everything. It's it's about nerddoms and fandoms, and it's about people of acceptance, and I don't know. It's just about a lot of stuff. It's a lot of cosplay. There's the games. So the one major aspect of Dragon Con that I was aware of before I went was the cosplay. Yeah. Like, it's big. You know, I'd been to Comic-Con then. It's big. And I'd been to MegaCon here in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And I just remember from the uh, exposure I had to Dragon Con before I actually went, it seemed like one of the biggest things about the convention was the cosplay. That cosplay right. was a really big deal at Dragon Con. And... This goes into a question that we actually have. And speaking of that, since Bobby couldn't be here, um, and he was actually going to join us, even though he's never been to Dragon Con before. He was going to be um, the voice of the non 
Yeah. The, was, the, the person who is interested and wants to go and has never been and, he, and has questions. Yeah, he wanted to do that. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it, but he still gave me a list of questions to ask. Which is awesome. And uh, this reminds me of one of them. He asked, can I still have fun if I don't cosplay? Oh. And uh, it's not a question I want to completely answer right now. We'll probably answer it even more as we continue to talk. Yeah. But, uh, I will say quickly to answer that, yes, you can totally still have fun if you don't Oh cosplay. my gosh, yeah. I mean, that first year I came, I did not bring any costumes. I was not cosplaying whatsoever. Uh, I think I ended up walking on the vendor hall and kind of considered buying a couple things to like quickly put together, <laughs> something like the something for like just one of the nights. Yeah. I, get, um, I get that. But I don't think I did. Uh, so I had no costumes that first year and I had a great time. With that said, I, I went into the convention, I think kind of having an interest in cosplaying, but mm -hmm. I wasn't like, man, I am dying to cosplay and I, I want to be a cosplayer. But then after experiencing that first year, it kind of rubs off on you. And I, does. not to say you'll feel left out if you don't cosplay, I don't think that's true, but you'll probably be inspired if you choose to come again to make some costumes. Right. Um, there's a lot, a lot of, of themed parties. Yeah. And if yeah. you end up experiencing like the nightlife of Dragon Con, you are probably going to want to consider making some costumes or just buying some, bringing something. Yeah. I mean, the short answer is yeah, no. You can go to Dragon Con and have a fantastic time and not be in cosplay the entire time you're there. Uh, yeah, it's not only about cosplay by no. any means. But like David said, like I would be hard pressed to find somebody who is amongst the atmosphere who would go to like one of the themed parties or is watching the parade to not feel the inspiration of, wow, you know what? I want to come back to next year and I think maybe I will. And I think one, it's just fun to kind of do and you see how many people are doing it. But two, I think the one of the best things about Dragon Con is how how much it is accepting of everyone and everyone's interests and fandoms and you you know I know some people are like oh well I feel awkward wearing basically a costume and it's not Halloween you know or oh like I feel embarrassed and honestly like it goes that those feelings go away because there's so many people that are also involved in the things that you're interested in that are also dressing up in those same fandoms that or maybe they're a fan of that fandom and they're not dressing up like that and they see your costume and they can be like oh my gosh you look amazing like it very quickly makes you feel very comfortable in basically your second skin of <clears throat> cosplay so it's it's one of those things like you definitely do not have to. And you could go to Dragon Con a million, you know, 50 years in a row, never cosplay and still feel that envelopment of community and friendship. And that's really one of the best parts about the whole con. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, also with cosplay, I mean, this is probably true of like San Diego Comic Con, which I mean, we keep bringing up San Diego because we also attend San Diego fairly regularly. We've right. been a few times. And yeah, San Diego is certainly a convention where you could wear a pretty obscure costume. You're probably going to come across people who will know what it is. I would say that's even more so true at Dragon Con. Like, you could make some pretty obscure stuff, and someone will know. And I'll someone will know. I will call out someone. I don't even know them. 
it's a friend of a friend who is going this coming year, right? And he's even wearing a costume that I'm like, you might, I'm if there's a convention where somebody will know what that is, uh, I guess it'll be Dragon Con, but I'm, I, even this one, I'm still somewhat, it's so he's wearing like a Matthew McConaughey costume from, was it Reign of Fire? Oh, wow. Yeah, now that's a movie that, I don't think did spectacularly no. well. Like this is not a movie that is oh, like wow. really in kind of that the, is niche. It's not the in like the major fandom zeitgeist. No, like, it, I don't think I have at least I have not knowingly come across someone cosplaying from that movie at Dragon Con before. Um, and I mean maybe that's why he went with it because oh it's Dragon Con I'm going to do something dragon related. Right, and that's what he went with. And maybe he's a fan of this movie. I don't know him, but but somebody will recognize him. It's somebody some point, will recognize like, him. It will will happen like it's so and that's what i'm saying like it's fully embracing of basically every fandom out there right like really obscure ones there's i mean there's fandoms that are just from books and novels there's fandoms from video games and from anime and comic i mean like it you will find your peoples yes. <laughs> like your peoples will come to you you will stumble upon them your your fandom will embrace you. It will happen. Like it doesn't seem like it will, but it just does. As huge as Dragon Con is, it's also it's a very it's a very friendly con, and people embrace you, and so it feels like a small con, but it's huge. <laughs> like it's so hard to explain. But yeah, it's nice. It's nice. No, like on one side. Yeah, that is a really niche cosplay to it do. It is. When I heard this, especially because he's never been to Dragon Con, and I don't know. I, I don't know. Again, I don't know this person, but I'm like, wait, he's doing what? Reign of Fire? Like, is, I feel like if there's a just, lot of people that are really like, I've never seen this. Like, I feel most like, people have not seen this. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if he just hung around the people that are like, I'm going to go on a limb here, that are like kind of Viking ish slash sci-fi slash Game of Thronesy, how to meet your dragon kind of groups. Right. I bet you those groups, if you were to like slowly go to a track or two in that kind of mm -hmm. realm, they'd be like that character, the Matthew McConaughey one. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they'll get it. Though someone, it will click in somebody's brain, <laughs> and yeah. he'll feel extremely validated. And I'm not saying he's gonna have like a hundred people know who he is. But at some point during the con, I guarantee at least three people over that weekend are going to say, oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody will get it. But oh, anyway. totally. And that's what's cool about the con. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. So I think we mentioned at the top of the show that this isn't quite the, it's not really like any convention I've been to. Not that I've been to a huge variety of different like right. pop culture conventions. But again, I've been to San Diego Comic-Con. I've been to MegaCon. Uh, MegaCon is now owned by Fan Expo. So I see footage and stuff from all the other Fan Expos around the country. Yeah. And I know they're basically set up the same exact way as MegaCon is. And I know there's a lot of other conventions that have a very similar setup. Most of the time, they're in a convention center. Um, there's always a largest vendor slash exhibit floor. And uh, you also have panels and various, mm -hmm. like, you know, panel rooms around the convention center. Like you'll get a lot rooms, of boardrooms. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have an area where you have a lot of celebrities that will have tables yeah. where you can pay to 
get an autograph or maybe take a, a selfie with them mm -hmm. or you can pay for a photo op and you know go yeah. to like a special little room where you'll take a quick photo with them that's mm -hmm. you know professionally taken it looks great we've both done that before yeah um anyway uh, i would say arguably the biggest thing that uh when it comes to the layout anyway and the environment <laughs> of Dragon Con that I think naturally just turns it into a different experience. Just this this one thing I think does yeah. so much to change the dynamic of the convention is its location. It's not in a convention center. Not in a single convention center. Right, it's in hotels. It's always been in hotels. Uh, so when I was reading through that history, I think it started in the Hilton eventually mm -hmm. it moved to the Hyatt and then one eventually it added a second hotel at the Marriott and then it grew into three and then four and then five hotels. But yes, this is a convention that takes place in five host hotels that all have convention space mm -hmm. in them. But in downtown Atlanta, uh, those five hotels are, yeah, the, the Hyatt, there's the Marriott Marquis, the Atlanta Hilton, uh, there is the Westin, and then also uh, a newly named hotel. It used to be the Sheraton. It is now the Cortland Grand. Uh, right, it, yeah. It's a Wyndham, isn't it? It's a Wyndham, yeah. Wyndham Cortland Grand. Yeah, yeah, it's a Wyndham. So that's, that is new for us this year. We, I think, all are going to be used to calling it the Sheraton. I think a lot of us are going to just continue calling it the Sheraton. Because, and here's and, here's side note to the con, nothing at the con ever dies. Yeah, there'll be like the cult of Sheraton, like that'll there. probably grow out of this yes. major change for a lot of us. This will yeah. be the first time a hotel has changed name since I've been going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be weird. Like, and it's weird because historically, that hotel is always where the uh, badge pickup is for yeah. your badge for the weekend. And so it's just so like ingrained now, oh, going to the Sheraton this morning to go get my badge. And it's gonna be weird to be like going to the Cortland to get my badge. <laughs> I just right. don't know how natural it's going to be. I think most people are going to be like, I'm headed to the Sheraton. I mean, the new hotel. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that'll be weird. It'll be weird. It'll be weird. Um, but yeah. But yeah, it takes place in five hotels. Three of the hotels are connected by uh, kind of these bridge walkways that go over the aqued Not aqueducts. <laughs> aqueducts. <laughs> not aqueducts. There's no water. The... The, the the habit habit trails or the habit trails it's like a it's like the connections between like you have a, a, ger a gerbil or a hamster cage and you have those little connector tubes that's basically what we have but for humans <laughs> yeah so yeah the Hyatt and the Marriott and the Hilton are connected so in a lot of ways those three hotels seem to just naturally become kind of the the hub yeah of where everyone like when you're just hanging out at the convention, most people will yeah. hang out in one of those three. And the Marriott being in the middle seems to then naturally turn into the really centerpiece of that kind of the, hub. It also has the biggest uh, lobby hang area of yeah, the hotels. And that's it's got why a lot it's, of space. It does, it has the most space. So it, it naturally kind of ends up wind up being the main one, but people hang out the Hilton and the Hyatt. There's, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, there's, this is gonna be such a long show. There's so much. There's so much. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think I think the the fact that this is taking place in hotels instead of a convention center and everyone is basically not everybody, but the extreme majority of people attending Dragon Con are staying in these hotels. 
So they are there all the time and it mm -hmm. creates this atmosphere of everyone just staying up and partying and having a great time. And I think that's really the m biggest major difference between this and what I would say a more conventional yeah. convention. But even then there's the main host hotels and then there's, um, I can't think of it now, the additional hotels, the like joint hotels the I mean there there's other hotels kind of hotels there's kind of if you you know there's overflow hotels I guess you could call them I don't I don't know um you know companion hotels I guess is the best way to go basically like uh, on the official dragon con page they just kind of list them as Atlanta hotels outside of the five core host hotels right um, but yeah there, we're staying in one of those this year uh, we have most of the time stayed in a host hotel mm -hmm. and I love it and we will probably do it again at some point in another year but this year we're actually staying in the Ritz Carlton which has a mm -hmm. Dragon Con rate like a lot of the other hotels yeah. in the area a lot of them do um, but it is it's right there basically in the middle of everything it's it's we've just there not before. officially a host hotel right and we've stated that before and we so we know where it's located in um, aspect everything else it's, it's basically it's it's a side street over. Yeah. And so for he and I, it's just easier to do that. But if you want to really just embrace the vibe and the feel and just be kind of consumed in Dragon Con, staying at a host hotel is always beneficial because you really do get kind of sucked into the atmosphere and the camaraderie and just how enjoyable it is to kind of hang out with a bunch of people that are into cool geeky nerdy stuff <laughs> all the time. yeah and maybe that doesn't <laughs> appeal to you right. and maybe you're very interested in this convention and you want to go and have a good time but you want to get away from it at night i f fully understand that and you you could stay at the ritz which is really right in the mm -hmm. middle of everything Hotel Indigo and and Hotel Indigo is another example. Yeah, and uh, when you're staying at your hotel, you'll definitely f get away from all of the kind of excitement of the convention, but you'll still be super close. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that stay at hotels that are a few blocks away. There's tons of hotels in downtown there's Atlanta. So many um, I'll say since we're on the subject, if if you're hearing this and you're thinking, man, like I'm not going uh, to Dragon Con 2023, but you know maybe I will go next year. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this because uh, it'll happen very soon. Hot tip. Um, <laughs> if, if you want to stay in a host hotel or even a non-host hotel, uh, they start booking the hotels for the next year pretty soon after the convention ends. Some so, will start releasing their room rates on Monday Labor Day. Yeah. Day. Uh, we have stayed at the Sheraton in the past, which is now, again, the Cortland Grand. And uh, that is a hotel, for example, that has uh, started booking for the next year while we are at the convention. Uh, they will release a link, a passkey link to book the following year to people who are currently staying there as kind of like a like an advance, you know, mm -hmm. option. And then they'll release it to everyone else like a couple days later, if I remember correctly. But some of the hotels um, will release that week. Yeah. Right after that exact week after the con ends. And then some will release their rooms later on. Some will release later on. Uh, there's a couple hotels that have legacy bookings. If you're not familiar with that, that means that people who are staying at the Hilton Atlanta and the Hyatt Regency who have a legacy room mm -hmm. 
will have the option to book a room again the following year. And they will be able to continue booking every year until they just decide to not do it anymore. The hotel and basically gives them, I guess, a time like, frame. They say, hey, do you want your legacy room to to keep you want to you want to book again it. next year and you really don't have to fight for room every year which is great because yeah. there are other hotels like the again the marriott marquis uh which is extremely popular they do not do legacy bookings so every year it's their bookings are usually in october and mm-hmm. yeah. uh everyone kind of jokes you're playing the marriott hunger games when <laughs> uh they decide to release it'll be a weekday at like 10 a.m or something like that, and uh, they'll release the link, and you'll, like, right at that time, you need to jump in and then try to get a room. And then... Start refreshing. You'll have your phone, your iPad, right. your computer going, and you're, you're refreshing. It's basically a recreation of the scene of the <laughs> the guys from the Big Bang trying to get Yeah, Comic-Con. trying to get Comic-Con badges. It's and you're refreshing, kind of like and you're, yeah. it's kind of like that. It really, I mean, the nickname is The Hunger Games, but... It really kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> it's every man for themselves. So yeah, they all each hotel kind of has a different kind of quirk about how their booking uh, works. Again, I would re- uh, direct you to the dragoncon.org website and you can get information about how to book each of those hotels from there. Uh, some hotels require you to pay the entire amount up front. Uh, yeah, the Cor- exactly. Well, the Sheraton, now the Cortland Grand would do that. Yeah. Like when you book it, you're paying the entire thing. Other hotels require one night deposit. Others require two nights, like the Marriott. Or they'll slowly, throughout the year, take money up yeah. to basically the full conclusion of it about a month before. And right. you'll slowly pay your room. I mean, like every every hotel and company runs it completely differently. You just have to be aware when you're booking what those policies are going to be. There's also a great Facebook group. There's a couple of them. Yeah, there are. One in particular, and I'll leave a link for it down in the show notes for this episode, either the podcast or on YouTube. And uh, I think it's just called Dragon Con Rooms. Or there's also Dragon Con Hotel Connection. Mm -hmm. I I always get the two mixed up. But there's one in particular I find very helpful. The rooms one's very helpful. Uh, they the the moderator of it. I think it's Eternal Zan or uh, yeah, Eternal Zan. I think is her name. I think, yeah. Um, she uh, does a really great job of creating specific threads for each hotel for each year. Yep. Uh, people who have rooms that they want to give up and give to somebody else, you can do that on there. And that's so a hot like tip. right now. If you're like, wait, I want to go this year. I want to go to 2023. You could go to that group. Mm and possibly find someone who suddenly can't go and they instead of just giving up their hotel back or the room back to the hotel they might be kind enough to try to give it to someone in that group and you know you could get the room that way deal with your finances with them that way but you can either try to get a whole room to yourself or another thing to do is some people will do group rooms and they will say hey you know there's four of us sharing this room and one of our people dropped out we have an open slot and that would help save money if you're open to basically staying with complete strangers who after four days will either become really spectacular best friends or your mortal enemies who knows how it goes but right most likely you'll wind up with three solid new friends bare minimum if you were to jump into be advent if you really want to be adventurous and you're like, I'm on a budget, but man, I just I just want to go. Like what David did, which is exactly what he did. He went getting a room. He only knew one dude in that room. And yeah. now he knows more people. And you got to kind of 
experience it with people that have done it before and they can help you and give you tips and tricks and right. lead you the right way. So that's also, I mean, kind of scary, but also not. Like these are, most people who go to Comic-Con or, or Dragon-Con are pretty awesome peoples. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's just the hotels. And that's just hotels. <laughs> uh, the convention, if you are interested in attending and you want a badge, uh, something else I wanted to mention because oh. it confused me the first year when I had never been before mm -hmm. and I went to the website to try to figure out how to buy the badge. I was very confused by the fact that uh, they don't call them just, hey, you don't just go there and say, hey, buy badges here. You are buying a membership. Mm -hmm. And uh, for instance, if you were to go to the site right now, there are, is a buy now link. If you go to that buy now link, it's there's a link there that says grab your membership. It's not grab your badge. And yep. if you're confused by the membership wording, and I completely understand because I was confused by that my first time around, uh, basically the membership is your batch. Yes. But you know, if you buy your membership early in the year, I mean, you'll probably go. You'll you'll be getting information about DragonCon throughout the year. Uh, basically, whenever you get it, that's when they'll start kind of and the including rates, you in their mailings and, yeah. and emails and stuff like that. And the rate for badges change when they first release for the next year. They're at the lowest price they'll be, and throughout the year, they'll slowly up the price of the badges. Yes. So, like right now, for the Dragon Con that is in two weeks from now, it's at the highest it will be, but it's maxed out of its price point. I believe it's at its maxed out point. I don't think it's going up again. It's right now at $175 for a five day batch. Five. And that's something that has changed since I've even been going. I mean, I know it's changed probably a ton since uh, it started, but since I've been going, the con was basically a four day con and now it's officially a five day con. Yeah, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Monday yeah. being Labor Day. Monday being Labor Day. Uh, then they started to include Thursday officially. Mm -hmm. And yeah, five days. Five day badge right now is 175, which really isn't that bad. And like For you said, if you, bought, if, I had, if you were to buy a badge like at the convention or in September, you're gonna get it for, I don't know what price, it's like 120 or something, but it's definitely cheaper. It starts lower if you buy for the year, you know, if you right. buy a year out. But you can buy, I think, you know, and, and some days do sell out, so just be aware, but you can purchase just like, Single just day. a Friday badge or just a Sunday badge. Um, but sometimes the Saturday only badge does sell out. Yeah, and the single day badges don't go on sale until much closer to the convention. Correct. I think the single day single day badges for this year, I think just started going on sale like maybe a two weeks ago at most. It mm -hmm. wasn't long ago. Um, but the five day full full weekend membership is available like all year long. Mm -hmm. um, there is also another option. You are really, really diehard about Dragon Con. You love Dragon for the, Con. maybe the rest of your life. And this might be something to consider if you're younger and you think you are actually going to be going and many years into the future. There is an eternal membership you can buy for Dragon Con. Um, and you you have a badge every year. You will have a badge every year until the drag or until the convention no longer exists. You will have a badge. Uh, even in the afterlife, if you find a way to come back, they will let you in. Mm -hmm. um, right now, the eternal membership is going for rock bottom price forty five hundred dollars. 
But if you are willing to fork over $4,500 for an Atona membership, you'll never have to worry about a badge again. You're, you're good to go. You also get like a VIP badge pickup yep. area. You have yep. a eternal members lounge. Yeah, you have uh, a special lounge for the whole weekend every single year. I you think can go the, chill and I think the snacks. eternal members get a spot in the parade. I think uh, you do get a spot in the parade, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. It's, it's one of those thing. things that I'm not gonna lie. If Knowing what I know now about Dragon Con, if I were right now 20 years old and I had $4,500 to throw around, I would seriously consider that. Now at my age, I can't justify, like considering how many more years I will probably attend, I don't think I'll attend enough years to make an eternal membership But it's a membership, it's, it's, it's consideration that, let's say one of your children loves Dragon Con and like they gift. they say they want to do it for their life. Man, you could on their 21st birthday say, look, I have bought you an eternal membership and you can go for life. For life. They would think that is so cool if they like Dragon Con. <laughs> they like Dragon Con a lot. Neither of my kids have shown evidence that they will like Dragon Con that much, but that could change. Yeah, they could they change. are young. You never know. But I'm just saying, the eternal go. membership is there. But otherwise, us mere mortals, <laughs> <laughs> you just buy it each year. And yeah, I mean, if you compare it to the price of, say, again, a San Diego Comic Con badge, it is pretty reasonable for five days of content and access to everything. That's it's a really it's a it's a really great price. I mean, if I think about the panels and we're going to get into this in a minute, minute, but panels, the vendor shopping floor alone. Oh, my gosh. The gaming room, the you know, the walk of fame, access to the parties mm-hmm. and the things that you can do at night. Um, and I say all this, and there's parties for people that uh, are kids. They, you know, there's, there's age group parties. They run until 10 p.m. and it's age appropriate. Like, not all the parties are alcohol included. Like, they could be like, nope, we're a non-alcoholic party, and you can go and hang out with people that don't want to do those things. And like, you, these options are there for everyone. Everyone has an option to do what they enjoy to do. And that's what I, again, makes the Dragon Con so cool. Um, but that's what your badge buys. That's what your badge buys, yeah. It's a lot. Going back to, to the host hotel thing, I forgot to mention the another kind of benefit of staying in a host hotel is uh, Dragon Con TV. Oh, uh, yes. Something else that is really unlike another convention, any other convention I've been to. Um, you know, like you'll see this at hotels that ho- have convention spaces for all sorts yeah. of different types of conventions. You know, you'll go to a hotel and they'll have like a couple different channels when you go through the guide that are like convention channels. And, and they'll stream like a, a speaker from the main ballroom or something. Or something, yeah, so into you, the rooms. Yeah. Um, so Dragon Con takes advantage of that and mm-hmm. they broadcast Dragon Con TV. And uh, once the convention starts, it is broadcasting 24-7. Three channels. And there is one main channel, but yeah, I think it's three. And I know yeah. there's DC TV Land, which where they play like uh, panels from previous years. Yeah, it's old school stuff. Um, but the main Dragon Con TV channel is uh, broadcasting a lot of the live, like big main programming panels. Basically, the panels with celebrities that mm-hmm. are there to talk about like whatever show they're working on. And Promoting. guess, you know, mostly it's just a Q&A where 
uh, there's a moderator that's asking them some questions, but then they just take a ton of questions from the audience. But then they um, also broadcast then the parade. They broadcast the parade, and uh, in between things, the Dragon Con TV group uh, throughout the year make all of these like geeky, silly, uh, like commercials, like mocking kind of. I mean, kind of SNL esque, kind of yeah, kind of silly Stuff. nerdy things. A lot of them. I mean, but again, they don't go too far because there's kids in the rooms. So. Right. Yeah. Nothing but inappropriate. But. Yeah, but everything's just all kind of tongue-in-cheek fun, mm-hmm. in jest kind of. I don't know. It's just kind of, uh, it's just kind of entertaining to watch, and it really helps kind of put you in the spirit of the con. Right. Honestly, I mean, when we get there, we basically turn it on. That's, it's basically all we watch the whole time. Oh yeah, I. It's on in the background. It's another way of like I cut myself off from the outside world when I'm at Dragon Con. Is yeah. I mean, other than like my cell phone and probably coming across news on there. Uh, yeah. When it comes to the TV in the room, I would say 99% of the time it is just on DragonCon TV all the time. I walk back into the room and I just turn it on just to have it on in the background. Yeah, just background. This is kind of part of the atmosphere for me now. Yeah. And I like that. Uh, Keeps you in the spirit. There have been times I have stayed with friends and shared a, a room at one of the host hotels with friends. And then I'll come back and they'll have on like cnn or something and i'm just like oh I'm, no i'm trying not to be that annoying like roommate it's like can we please not watch this like the i'm just only, like can we just put dragon gun tv i think on? i think the, the rule that david and i kind of abide by is that if you are not watching dragon con tv channels you must be also then you must be watching a nerd content yeah, like, we did like that one year. We watched Sci-Fi Channel. We watched Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi Channel was like playing Harry Potter that weekend. They do it almost every year now, though. Yeah, and, and they'll it, run a marathon of Harry Potter films on Labor Day weekend. Especially because that year we were staying at the Ritz, which is not a host hotel. So we and I was sick, and we didn't have DragonCon TV on the actual hotel TV. So we were watching a lot of Harry Potter. Yeah, but then that goes into the fact that you can also attend DragonCon in a way without actually going to DragonCon. And there is a thing called a streaming membership. Um, If you go to the Dragon Con website, and I'm trying to find it as I talk about it, uh, there is a way to buy a streaming membership. It's under resources. And it'll take you to the Dragon Con TV webpage. And when you first go to that webpage, if you don't have a streaming membership, it's going to take you directly to the sign up for that. You can create a DragonCon TV account. And this, it's still crazy to me how cheap it is. The DragonCon uh, TV like streaming package for the year is literally just $10. Like, for the 365 days access. So they are streaming live over the weekend Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff. You're basically getting to watch the DragonCon TV. If, I mean, if I remember watching. correctly, yep. you're watching the DragonCon TV that they're showing in the hotel rooms. Like yeah. you can watch it at home. Yeah, you get the channels. You get the channels and everything, and then you'll get to see a lot of the, like the bigger main programming panels. Like, yeah, streamed to your home. It's yeah, only ten bucks. So if you don't think you're going to make it this year, and you or, or you're just curious as to what the heck we are talking about, <laughs> right? And you're willing to throw down ten dollars. It might pay off pretty much in spades for you because you'll have a fun Labor Day weekend of background TV that you can just have going at home. Mm-hmm. And it would give you a little bit of insight to the con itself. 
and kind of help you kind of figure out the vibe. And maybe that might be your best intro into Dragon Con, honestly. Right. It's fabulous. No, it's it's a crazy steal. For $10 like 10 for a whole year. I mean, and How much do we pay a month for streaming services? Oh, yeah, like, it's come nuts. on. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I've, I've already bought my 2023 streaming membership, even yeah. though we're attending. But especially because, again, we're not staying in a host hotel. We're not. Uh, and unless they change something this year and they're going to pump it into the Ritz, I doubt they are. So we'll probably have like a laptop up with sometimes when we're in the room watching that's Dragon Con TV. That's what we did the last time we were at the Ritz yeah. is we had the laptop up with it. And then we had the TV on the Sci-Fi channel because it was had Harry, Harry Potter, Potter on. Yeah. And then sometimes, yeah, we'll put on Adult Swim at night and then you get, you know, Rick and Morty and random nerd things kind right. of coming on there too. So I think our general rule is just always have... Dragon Con centric y thing. Right. <laughs> to help keep you in the spirit of of the con. It's such a good membership. It is. Yeah. It's a good deal. Um and yeah, before we run out of time, the actual so convention. <laughs> the actual con- now we're gonna talk about the actual convention. <laughs> uh and yeah, we're not gonna talk about it in depth. Uh if you've never attended before, another big thing that's different I find about this convention as opposed to other conventions is that it is a basically a volunteer run convention. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dragon Con has like year long staff that they employ, but I don't yes. know how many people it is. It's not a ton. It's, it's probably, um, if I were to guess, uh, one, 200 people at most. Oh, I don't even think it's anywhere near that. No, it's like 20, yeah. something like Maybe that. 50. I, I doubt it. Yeah. I'd be, now I'm curious to look, find out, like, yeah. ask somebody in the know, but I don't even think it's that many. I don't think it's a lot. I could be wrong, but um, so yeah, they have a full-time staff, but uh, the majority of the convention is run by volunteers like yeah. us. We are volunteers now. Um, and there are a lot of, they, I, I wasn't familiar with this before going to Dragon Con that like, you'll see all these like fan tracks. Um, and when you look at the panel schedule, which, you know, goes into the app, which we haven't even talked about. Oh my gosh. Um, but the panel schedule will be kind of split up in fan tracks. And if you, you can also find this on the Dragon Con website. Uh, if you go to like things to do and what to do at Dragon Con, uh, there'll be a button down below, which will just say tracks. And if you click on tracks, it'll show you all the different tracks. I think right now there are 32 different fan tracks and I, they they're basically taking the panels and giving them kind of uh they're grouping them, they're grouping them in in genre correct uh, we are in the we we volunteer on the digital media track which is about podcasting and digital media and you know youtube and stuff like that and there's one for costuming there's one for costuming there's an anime animation track. There's... there's a brit track which is all things uh, british uh yeah. there's a film track a horror track all science, sorts of stuff and that's science fiction that's the fascinating thing it's not just kind of pop culture stuff i mean yeah you'll have a star wars track but you also just have a science track or a skeptics track yeah um and these tracks are run by a volunteer track director mm-hmm. And that track director has volunteers that work under them. And throughout the year, they that track director working with his volunteers a lot of times will create a panel schedule and mm-hmm. they'll figure out what guests they want and what panelists they want on these various panels that they put together. And Themes for the panels, If the you guests. wanted to, you could spend your entire weekend at yeah. one track. You could just go, you know what? I am just super, 
super into Star Trek. And I am just going to basically go down to the Trek track room because the Trek there. the Trek track will have its own space. I'm using them as an example. The, their own spot. They are not, usually, I think they'll probably still will be. They're usually over in the Hilton mm. near, near us. They're across the hall from us. Right across the hall from us. And uh, you could just spend your entire weekend in the Trek track yep. and just go to every Trek track panel. Um, Different topics, but all yeah. encompassing about Star Trek. And if if there's a problem with Dragon Con, that would be it. Like I, I when I have been, yeah. there's been years where I've just been like, oh my god, I I love science. I could go to the science track stuff. I could go to the space track stuff. I could go to Star Wars track stuff. But it, they're all at the same time. And what do I do? <laughs> like it's hard to choose because there's too many good things going on. There's so much good um, stuff. There's a lot of good information. Uh, like yeah, you could learn a ton at these yeah. tracks and that's just the kind of fan run tracks there's well, also skimming the surface here there's also main we've mentioned main programming, uh, main programming. yeah there's a lot of celebrities that attend dragon con mm -hmm. but if you wanted to see a lot of them usually they will be in main programming they'll be in like in a big ballroom like in the marriott or the hyatt yeah. or the hilton and uh you'll just kind of they're usually listed again under main programming when you go in the app yeah and it'll be like okay we're gonna hear it's just a panel with William Shatner talking for an hour or something yeah. like Or like, you know, a, a show that has another season that's just about starting up and then they'll all come and they'll talk about the show and you'll you know right. have five people in a TV show and they'll be talking about it plus like maybe the, uh, the showrunner. And yeah, you can go to those and they're in the big ballrooms and there's TVs and cameras and they have the whole thing. But again, that usually is also streamed to mm -hmm. your room through Dragon Con TV. <laughs> um, yeah, like there's it's, there's so many amazing things. And so if you have an interest in something, you will most likely find a panel or a whole track dedicated to your thing that you enjoy. You know, if it's anime, if it's anime that's just comics or anime that's animated shows or film, like there's so, like, you can just dive in and and be just swimming in your stuff in your nerddom. <laughs> it's right. awesome. Um, so yeah, that's all the panels. Uh, yeah. You may have noticed we haven't talked anything about like a vendor floor, but there is a vendor hall. Uh, it's, it's not a floor; it is a hall. It's a vendor hall. There's four floors technically. Actually, I think really only three levels are the vendors. Correct. The fourth floor of this area that we're talking about is usually Artist Alley. I believe this year it's still going to be Artist Alley. Mm -hmm. But yeah, three floors of vendors. This is over in the one section of this convention that is kind of like a convention center. Yeah. <laughs> it's the America's Mart. Which, which isn't. I don't in know a if hotel. it's like a civic space that they in downtown Atlanta, I guess. Of, yeah. Um, but that's where the vendors are. It's again right near all the host hotels, it's right in this close. same kind of few block area of the convention. Yeah. Um, so that's over in the America Smart. Uh, I think usually in America Smart. I don't know any details about that for this year. There's also like a gaming room area where it's almost its own floor. It's, it's a whole huge, huge room. Where you're, if you're in a tabletop gaming, there's, yep. they will have a whole collection of tabletop games you can just check out for free and you mm -hmm. know take in in that room. You can play with it in that room with some friends at a big table and then return it. And then there's the arcade room. There's which an arcade is, room. I, I say room again. It, the space is gigantic and it's arcade games of just 
let your imagination run wild, but it's a whole arcade area. You can go play video games all day. You can do, board, you know, tabletop gaming. You can, I mean, there's, I think there's even a whole offset that's just for D&D &D gaming. Like it's, you, again, you, you find your, you find your fandom here and you can right. really encompass yourself and really enjoy it. Like there's so much to do like the, and yeah, America's Mart usually opens around like 10 a.m. Um, and, yeah. and, and all I will say is like a lot of people go when it first opens and there's a very long line and I, I will, I will warn you now, you are going to be in a line for that. <laughs> it is going to, get, to happen. Just to get in, but you could wait until a later time and you usually can. get in a lot faster. But if you want to get there early and you're open to it and you have patience, the line moves. Once it opens, it moves. It is a moving line and it does continuously load into the America's Mart. So don't be don't be put off if you're like, oh wow, the line wraps around the building. It it does. But it you in 20 minutes of it moving, you will come back around to the front and go right on it. Like right. it's you just have to have the patience for it. Right. Don't let that discourage you. I'm just right. saying don't be afraid of the lines. Don't, don't let lines afraid. scare you. They move. <laughs> um so one good question that Bobby had for us okay. that we haven't gotten to yet, we might basically kind of finish on this. Um, he asked, is there a lot of things to do around the city if you don't attend Dragon Con like there is oh for San gosh. Diego Comic-Con? Um, and what he's referring to when it comes to San Diego, if you've never been, San Diego Comic-Con, even if you do not have a badge to that convention and you're in downtown San Diego, like in the Gaslamp just quarter area, there is a lot of stuff to do that you could have a full weekend basically and never even go inside the convention center. Basically, especially you get a lot of the big studios that will have these installations. Um, I think they're also called uh, like offsites mm -hmm. where they'll, they'll take over spaces in downtown San Diego and convert them into like this experience to promote whatever movie yeah. or TV show they want to promote. And you can do a lot of stuff like that in San Diego. Um, I, I kind of comparing to that, which I think Bobby is what Bobby's referring to. Uh, no, there is not really a lot to do in downtown San Diego if you do not have a badge. With yeah, one, Atlanta. with one major exception, and that would be the parade. The parade. The parade, which we've talked about a little bit, but we haven't gotten into, is on Saturdays, mm -hmm. or it's on the Saturday of the convention mm -hmm. every year. And it is basically a cosplay parade, if you will. I mean, it's all, everyone's in groups, mm -hmm. basically groups when it's time to like register for the parade. Like for example, the 501st uh, will register and then the 501st will go, okay, these are all the people that are gonna march in the parade as members of the 501st. And you'll get a section of like Ghostbusters people, everyone in Ghostbusters costumes. The 300 is always- That's a big group. That's a major group that's always in the parade. It's a fun group um, to watch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you get a lot of that at the parade and any that's the one part of the convention where you will get everyone from Atlanta that wants to come check out mm -hmm. the craziness of Dragon Con without having a badge, they yeah. will come and check out the parade. People so that live in the Atlanta area will come to downtown Atlanta just for Saturday to watch the parade and just see all yeah. the people in the cosplay and try to get themselves kind of wrapped up into the, the fun of it all. Yeah, so the parade is kind of another like 
major cornerstone of Dragon Con weekend. And that is, I would say, the one major exception to what Bobby is asking. Yes, that you could definitely do that, that and not have a Dragon Con badge. Outside of the parade, I would say no. That, it's I mean, Dragon other- Con centric yeah but there's yeah there's not really any other than just being downtown and seeing a bunch of cosplayers walking around around downtown yeah. there's not really stuff to do in downtown atlanta affiliated with dragon con that's non-badged like, non-badged otherwise yeah i mean if you want to go into the america's mart to go to the vendor hall or go gaming you have to have a badge if you and really i mean I would say Thursday's the only day it's kind of hazy on badges in the hotels, but man, come Friday, you have to have a badge to be in any of those host hotels. Like, there are people checking them at the doors, and they, they, I've seen many people get turned away that don't have badges. They're like, oh, I just wanted to see everybody, and they go, I'm sorry, you have to have a badge. Unless you have a badge, and or you can prove that you were staying in that hotel, hotel. and you're not badge, you're not there for the convention, but somehow you got a room. Um, <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think we've said, like, sometimes we've come across, like, flight attendants who happen, those the- happen to be staying there. Yeah. Like, somehow their airline booked them in one of the host hotels for the weekend of Dragon Con. <laughs> and, like, it's you happened. know, the other thing that always happens is I think it's called the kick- Kickoff Classic is always oh, yeah, yeah. going on for college football in downtown Atlanta. And yeah. it's always Labor Day weekend as well. Georgia Tech. So you get an interesting mix of. <laughs> Yeah. Dragon Con attendees and uh, sports nuts all yeah. kind of intermingled together. That's it's an interesting dynamic. It's um, kind of funny, though. I it like is fun. it. It's kind of fun. So, yes, yeah, sometimes I think you'll get people who somehow also manage to get a room booked in a host hotel who are there not for the convention, but they're there for that. But, but those, the again, extreme majority of people staying in the hotels are there for yeah. the my, con. my point being is that you're not going to get to do con things right. without a badge. Yeah, you're not going to be able to go into panels and it's not going to happen. It's not going to. I mean, like I said, Thursday, but that's yeah, I wouldn't even I wouldn't put money on that. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, but I mean, it's Atlanta. It's Atlanta, Georgia. There's definitely other things to do in Atlanta. I mean, the aquarium is probably the top thing to do. Everybody loves going to the aquarium. Yeah, and there's a Dragon Con night at the aquarium. There is, like, yeah. Like you can buy tickets, and most people that go are all in cosplay. In cosplay. And, you know, though there's bars set up inside the aquarium, and if you've never so, been to the Georgia Aquarium, it's great. Yeah, I highly it's a recommend big it. Steve's Easy Night that night. Yep. Um, and then, of course, there's the Coca-Cola factory. Um, yeah, there's definitely stuff I mean, to do it's in Atlanta. Atlanta like, but... There's lots to do in Atlanta. And so you definitely could go and say you only have a badge for Saturday and Sunday. And you're like, well, what am I going to do on Friday? I mean, there's there's definitely things you could do without a badge in the city of Atlanta, for sure. Um, but, yeah, it's you if you want to enjoy the con in any way you basically have to have a badge but again for five whole days for 175 for all this stuff that we're talking about come on yeah and you can still buy a five-day badge right now i mean as far as i have understood it hasn't happened yet dragon con has not when it comes to the five-day badge the five day has not sold out of badges no i think the powers that be in the dragon con offices have hinted that it's over the years gotten closer and closer. They've mm-hmm. never said a, na- a number of attendees right. that would that they would peek at. I don't think they've ever released a number of like what it would take would cap. for them to sell out. But there is a number, of course. They're not going to just sell out right. an infinite amount. Buildings of can only hold so many people. Um, 
So I'm not sure how close they've ever gotten, but they haven't gotten there yet. Now, but, yeah, I think, again, like you've mentioned, I think there's certain single-day badges that have sold out, like Saturdays. Like, Saturday's badges. usually the first single-day to go. Friday is another one that seems to go, and then Sunday seems to go. So it's right. kind of like Saturday, Friday, Sunday. Those are the three that sell out the fastest for single-days. Yeah. Well, there's someone we haven't even talked about, the Masquerade. People that wear cosplay can sign up to do a masquerade. And yeah, there's uh, there's various contests like the yeah. the masquerade that you're referring to is the Sunday night uh, mm -hmm. costume contest. There's other costume contests throughout the weekend, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the masquerade is. I think historically a lot of attendees, including us, will end up in their rooms of watching it on DragonCon TV before they decide to go to whatever themed party they're going to go to that night on Sunday night. Um, and it's it's entertaining. It's funny. Yeah. Um, then yeah, and it's fun. It's not just funny, but fun. It is. But then there's there's the parties. I mean, there's usually um, a Harry Potter Yule Ball party that happens. Mm -hmm. There is uh, uh, the Star Trek one. Uh, Ford. Ten Ford. Ten Ford. There's that party. Um, the Star Wars party is the last, uh, what is it? Last, last night, night on, on Alderaan. Alderaan. Yeah. <laughs> For Star Wars. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, uh, that a, one's probably the most popular one, I will say. That one's a very popular one. Very popular. Another very popular one that happens like the first night of the convention, Thursday night, I think it is, is Bunny Hutch. Um, Bunny Hutch. Bunny Hutch is a lot of fun, basically. It a lot of adult, cosplay. It's an adult only one. With bunny ears. But yes, it is a more adult party like, and most of them are some of them will be more family friendly up until a certain point like you mentioned you will ball i think we'll mm -hmm. start at eight and it'll be very family friendly until 10 uh, until 10 and then after 10 it's really adults only and and that's a good actually that's a good thing to mention too is dragon con as a whole is family friendly up until 10 p.m and then dragon con basically says that from 10 p.m on it is an adult content con so I mean, yeah, I, to an extent. I mean, I mean, it's not like just craziness after no, ten, but but they say basically like if you have young children after ten p.m., there could be costumes some costumes could get skimpier. Costumes are going to get a little skimpier, a little yeah. skimpier, a little more skin. Mm -hmm. um, so just kind of be aware of that. Um, and then yeah, like after ten, like at, under a certain age is not allowed are not allowed into the the parties. So, right. you know, that's something to keep in mind. It is a family-friendly, kid-friendly con. There's a track that's just the, the kids' track. Mm -hmm. And they have a ton of stuff. They, they do cool stuff at the kids' track. I saw some of the stuff, and I was like, I want to kind of do that. But, yeah. So, I'm not trying to, like, scare anybody away from that, bringing their kids. I'm just saying, like, yeah, like, there's it's family-friendly to a point, And then, at that point, it becomes a little more adult. Right. Um. There's just a lot. There's a lot with this convention. I will say, like, if I had my main tips, it would be to uh, check out the website, as David has mentioned multiple times this evening. It is a very, it is a great resource for learning about the convention itself. And then if you were attending the convention, I would say the next best resource you could possibly, possibly have would be to download the app for that year. It is gives you so much information. It gives you a map, like an active live map, <laughs> where you are and what you're doing. And it gives you a non-active map. And then 
It gives you all the tracks and the panels and the time schedules for things and the parties. It gives you information on the vendor hall and tells you who's the vendor hall and what floor they're on. And, and I mean, the list goes on and on. I would say the app is definitely your best access when you're actually there at the convention. It's, it's, it's the best information you could possibly get. Yeah, you can also share like your friend code mm-hmm. with other friends oh, yeah, and you, you like can that. become friends on the app and you can share your schedules with your mm-hmm. friends because yeah, as you go through the panel schedule in the app, you can star the panels that you want to put on your schedule, the things you're, you're going to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely a great resource. As of this recording, the app has been updated for 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just happened, I think, a few days ago. Yep. Um, but again, at, as of this recording, the panel schedule isn't on it yet. It Not yet. might be on it by the time we post this. <laughs> it could basically any day now. Usually I think. a week out. Um, but yeah, the panel schedule will be on there very soon. Yeah. So uh, if you're watching this as it's as we're approaching 2023. And then I think they give kind of a general like of the vendors that are at the vendor hall, they put out a general idea mm-hmm. of them, but I don't think they concretely put a lot of vendors in until basically like Wednesday or Thursday of the con. Um, just because sometimes vendors have to drop out at the last minute because of situations. Right. And so they try not to lock that information in and then they are constantly updating it. So should a vendor have gone to the convention and then suddenly they have to leave because of some kind of emergency, the app will update and say, you know, has left or, you know, they'll, they'll gray them and say, you know, it's not, they're not there anymore. And, it's, it's really, and that's another great, it's another reason to have it. It'll tell you if a panel cancels or yeah. ca- it moves rooms. Um, and it'll keep you kind of updated to that, which is, is extremely yeah, they'll, helpful. They'll push, out, they'll push updates to the app throughout the weekend. Mm-hmm. You'll constantly get notices that, hey, you need to hit refresh to kind of make force it to update. And yep. any changes to the panel schedule, which there will be many, yep. um, we'll, we'll go through constantly throughout the weekend. So. Yeah. Um, we are out of time. So, are there any last things that we did not get to cover, Michelle, that you wanted to touch on really quick before we got to go? I, I don't know if I have any topics, but I would just say if you are, if you have a fandom and you are interested in kind of learning more about your fandom or being more enveloped in it or meeting people that are also interested, this is a great place to go do that. And I would recommend if you come, come with an open mind and an open heart. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't recommend Dragon Con too much. Like it's just <laughs> I I really I love it. If there is one convention I will continue to go to probably for every year for many years to come. Yeah. Um it will probably be Dragon Con. Um we are we are dying to get Bobby and Yasha out to Dragon Con and one uh, year. Bobby is Gonna I, I don't know about Yasha but I know Bobby is basically said next year is an extremely good possibility um i think bobby you know he asked the question like you know can you have a good time without cosplaying and i I, in a lot of ways i think he is genuinely curious about that because i don't bobby doesn't seem like he's that interested in cosplaying like is there a reason to go to dragon con outside of that yes absolutely as we've discussed i think bobby will have a great time um but you know I, i don't know why this reminds me of this but you know if if you're like, oh, I want to wear costumes, but I'm not like, oh my, you know, super gifted at like making costumes and I'm just not my thing. Mm. You could go just buy a costume. I mean, one of our very good friends wears a spirit Halloween uh, made a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man inflatable costume every year. 
And this is a convention where you will see cosplay that will blow your mind. Oh, yeah. But his spirit Halloween bought costume constantly gets attention. It actually blows me away. And I think it it's great, shocking. to be clear. But it is it is so funny to me how many people get so excited when they see him in this Stay they Puft costume. Him. And they love the Stay Puft. Oh yeah, it's it's hilarious. Like it's just an example. Like you do not need to like get crazy with your no. costumes. If you are just like, hey, I'd love to wear a costume, but I don't really make costumes, and I don't, I'm not good at that. Like just buy, you can just buy something. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of spirit Halloween stores are opening up. Um, there's even a, a website that you can order from, and basically they can get you five days shipping. I'm trying to remember what it's called now. It's hmm. uh, HalloweenCostumes.com. Oh, okay. Uh, another resource. So if you're like, I want to dress up, but I cannot do this, you can go and you, but you really want to do it, go buy a costume. Many people just buy store bought costumes and go around the con the whole time. Like it's yeah. totally fine and acceptable. There's people that literally just wear like comfortable like onesies <laughs> that they got from like mm -hmm. tipsy elves and they just wear that all weekend. I mean, it's embrace your thing, you know, and that's what I think is the best thing about this is you can say, hey, this is my fandom and people will embrace you and you'll embrace them. And like, it's just, it's it's all it's all good vibes, basically. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Or just wear all the nerdy shirts you're embarrassed to wear to work, you know? Yeah. You can pull them all out of their, their drawer in the dresser that never gets to see the light of day. Bring them all yeah. and wear them all. Somebody will say, hey, I know that thing. You're like, yeah, I know, it's cool. Uh, with that, we are going to wrap things up. Uh, as always, we would love to hear back from you. What did you think of this? I know it's a little bit different kind of show for us, yeah. but I hope it was good information. If you have any questions or comments and you're watching us on YouTube, you can leave those questions and comments down below. If you are listening to the podcast version of this, uh, you can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. You can leave your review uh, on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on, like Apple Podcasts, for example, or Google Play, or Google Podcasts, I should say. Um, again, we would just love to hear from you, and we appreciate you listening and watching us here at Flicker Effect. With that, I am Dave Lott. And I am Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening and watching, everybody. Bye-bye.